preachers at the church like to say, we ain't gonna take long, but we're going to take our time. We'll talk about all the TV, movies, and music that define our everyday blackness. Welcome to the Black Card Podcast. What's going on, everybody? This your boy, Bird. I'm April D. You're Jay Lewis. And I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Black Card Podcast, where it's always us versus them. How y'all guys doing today, man? Amazing. Super solid. Doing good, man. Hey, this cold came and kicked our ass out of fucking nowhere. Literally 48 hours of, like, just came straight in. I promise you, I thought I had shorts on one day. And then, like, next thing you know, I had my whole North Face on. Bruh, bullshit. Like, I had my feet out going to Betty Mays last Wednesday. <laughs> I, I get my neck bones every Wednesday from Betty Mays. But the thing about when it gets cold, it's like every year everybody's so surprised as if it's not coming. <laughs> like, oh, my God, where did winter come from? No, y'all knew it was coming. Anyway, man, so uh, shout-outs. Shout-outs. Uh, I'll start. Got to give a shout-out to my boy Jay Body at Lawn Aficionado of Lux Lawn. Listens to the podcast every week. Actually listens to it twice. He listens to it on his regular time, but then he listens to it when he's out doing his uh, taking care of the yards and treating the yards or whatnot. And he always comes back to me with like feedback. And it's funny because he he rolls right into the conversation as if we was already talking about yeah. talking about it. He like, man, let me tell you about what April <laughs> man got me. <laughs> what do you say about me? Ah oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you just started something. Yeah, Dang boy. All right. Oh boy. What about y'all? Um, I want to shout out my friend DJ Don Jr., who um, he listens as well and mm-hmm. will give us feedback. He really liked our intro. He did? Yeah, he really did. Hey, that was me, bro. The you intro know, is the hardest. Don't worry about it. I ain't on your coattails, man. I ain't got to worry about me trying to take over you. Mm-hmm. I stayed, Hey, DJing that shit hard, man. I stayed up for hours just trying to do that little intro. I should have called Don Jr. Like, now that I think about it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I give a shout out to my god sister Jocelyn. Uh, yeah, at Jocelyn C on Twitter. If y'all need to get oh, that one right Jocelyn. there, I ain't talking about y'all. I'm talking about the public, man. I, I know you we know gotta put it down as friend of the show, yeah, man. That, that's that's my that's my heart. That's my baby. I've been knowing her since. I mean, little bitty, and she was just telling me yesterday. She called to check on me. She said, "I didn't know you had this podcast going on with them." And I was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah." I said, "No, they probably know." Um, <laughs> but nah, I did tell her though. So uh, she said she's gonna start listening, and today is gonna be her first day. I told cool, her, man. We got a lot of work. To do. Well, y'all tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, Dave Chappelle's um, had the uh, Unforgiven. It's like not really on YouTube. No, it's definitely not on Netflix. Definitely not nowhere else. But it was his spiel, um, and I guess everybody listened to it, right? Yes, caught it. Right. So uh, he kind of talked about the way he was fucked over by CBS Viacom. Bingo. And uh, I liked in his spiel um, when he you know talked about how they were fucking him over and how the Chappelle show was on Netflix, but he wasn't getting a a piece of the pie Mm -hmm. for that. And uh, talking about how he was fucked over in the past by Comedy Central. Mm -hmm. Interesting kind of take he had. He said, don't boycott Netflix, boycott the Chappelle show. Mm -hmm. Right. And I really like that. Mm -hmm. Personally, well, before we get to that, did you guys, like, what was you guys take from what he 
Man, even from the beginning when like the lessons that he said he learned, like, mm-hmm. I just loved the way he told that story. Mm-hmm. Like I was locked. I'm not gonna lie. I listened to it on the way over here because it's about the amount of time it takes to get here. Mm-hmm. But um, it was just interesting how from the beginning he learned the lessons of like the guy. Like he started off as a young guy, had a good joke. Somebody come, like, can I borrow your joke? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? <laughs> and then when he asked for a bet, and then he that man tried to give him fifty dollars for a joke. Right. Excuse right. me. Then um the other one was uh, he learned a lesson about not becoming or coming between a man and his money mm-hmm. and his meal. Mm-hmm. Like he just that story just mm-hmm. I really like him. What I learned really was the business was totally different than what it is today. Mm-hmm. Ownership. Way different than what we were dealing with today. Like this is ours. This is independent. We have a decision to make if we ever want to deal with someone else. Back then, your biggest platform was going to a company like, you know, uh, Comedy Central or, you know, making that special with HBO. Like, you had to do those things. Now, it's a privilege to get you. Yeah. And that's what I think really hurt him in the past. Like, you know, you got to think. You make $500 million for something you create, well, not you, but the company makes $500 million and you only get $50 million from it, that lets you know the idea of how much they feel you're worth. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, you know, now, at this day and era, he does get it. And he's like, you have no choice but to give me what I'm owed now. Mm-hmm. What I liked about it, though, was when he said he called Netflix and said that this made him upset. Mm-hmm. And Netflix was like, oh, okay, and pulled it off. Mm-hmm. Like that's the type of stuff I'm talking about, right? Because the the dope part about that is you love to see where a big company looks at a person as a person. Mm-hmm. Like he has no legal right to you know demand anything, mm-hmm. and from his story, you know he didn't even go in there, kick down the door, and like holler, scream, anything like that. He was just like, hey, this makes me feel bad that this is happening. And for Netflix to see that and understand that and be like, you know what, bro? Our bad. Not even our bad, but they, you know, they get it. But, hey, we got you. We got your back. But I'll say this, too. They've already was dealing with him in business anyway. But that's when I'm so, – well, I was kind of go- – I was going to lead to that. Okay, okay. They also see the future mm-hmm. as in, hey, when your next deal is coming – or your next specialist coming out? Remember us. <laughs> he's not going to forget. You know, it's just it's brand loyalty. loyalty. Yeah. It's loyalty. I mean, because you got to think the the elevators is forever open for him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to do that type of show anymore. He can make a, a animated series. You know, he he has that damn near the box is open with him like he's Eddie Murphy. Yeah. You know, like he's that prime of you get that. Pu- you know, you get for punches this on era. ticket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I, that's why I say, like, you know, I get it from Netflix, you know, situation. They seeing it as a, we really need you. Mm-hmm. And we are not going to screw you over first before they do, you know. See, and I don't even think Netflix needs Dave, but I think they, when I say don't need, meaning Netflix, Netflix is, is an engine. Like, that, that bitch is running the streaming world and it's kind of deciding how streaming goes forward. But, I think they understand is we don't need you, but we are more powerful with you. And if making you happy costs us nothing, because if you think about it, everybody special is coming to Netflix and that's just on the comedy world. Big budget movies are coming to Netflix and with quarantine going on, the movies are struggling. 
So they like, listen, we we already dominating, but you are a big part of our success. So we got you, my boy. To Italia, I I was going to say, the reason I say that I feel like they do need him is because there are so many, like, streaming platforms right now where these people are either, like, for example, they lost all the things with Disney and Marvel. Mm -hmm. Uh, They lost... uh, like you know, they'll do their couple of years where they have where they can have the streaming license and you know all that kind of things for a couple of years. But you could forever have that stand up. You know what I mean? Like that work right there, he won't be able to use for a couple of times. And all like they really do need him in a sense. Not they don't though. Let me let me just kind of get into like further details of why they don't. Okay. So you kind of got to look at it from a step a little back and look at the streaming landscape mm-hmm. true enough disney plus does have their content right so that is a big kind of thing to have that's a that's a big punch you know out there but disney is almost strictly family-based so then you have hulu out there hulu is okay their original hulu original suck they <laughs> They come in strong on their uh, TV. Yes. Mm-hmm. They do good with the TV. Now, Netflix, Netflix has decent TV. They're actually getting a lot better with their TV. They do reality TV, and they have their originals are way better. So, and they are number one in the streaming market, and people kind of have to be into what Netflix does. So, if you think about it, look at like Monique's situation. She mm-hmm. was mad at Netflix. She didn't Ooh. go to Hulu and was like, hey, give me she a special. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? She, she mad at them and only them. Exactly. Like she yeah. wants, she hasn't said anything about anybody else. Yeah. So it's Netflix is the top dog. And they're a top dog by a larger margin than you think. No, I mean, the only reason I even said that too is because like you think about like how Eddie Murphy went against Netflix and went to Amazon Prime for coming to America too. Amazon Prime is like a sleeping giant. Amazon Prime is on their way up. Mm. Not saying that they them Amazon Prime thing um that they have is that since they're integrated in Amazon, mm. they have that kind of leg up. Right. And they're constantly around. They're right. in your they're in your, your face. They're in your face all the time. Right. So Amazon Prime just needs a little more time to get I think if they really wanted to, they would get to Netflix status. Because they could afford it. Yeah, but they're like, yeah, exactly. So they're kind of like at sitting at number three right okay. now. Who is number two? Hulu. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When Hulu got their um, sports and live TV package, yes. mm-hmm. like that shit is kind of like. That's lit. And like Hulu's thing really, if they can get their original content solid, like Netflix, well, Netflix not even their original content. They kind of buy off other people's content mm-hmm. and put it in your landing page and put it in front of you. Like, look at, uh, I know y'all seen you. Yes. Yeah. I love yeah. Joe. Right. So you <laughs> was actually on lifetime. Nobody watched the shit. Netflix mm. bought the rights to you. Put that bitch on the landing page. Everybody. That's where people found they do it that to a lot of shows. Yeah. That's yeah, what they do. Right. They, yeah. they found this shit. And now you was like one of their top streamed, you know, shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes that's kind of like, it's almost like being at A and R. It's like they know how to go out there and find talent. And you know what? It's crazy you say that because, you know, I watch a show that eventually goes to Netflix, and then I Google it just to see like the background because I've never heard of it or something. 
And then all of a sudden, I see something recently spoken of, like, well, people are petitioning to bring new, you know, new episodes to mm-hmm. Netflix and stuff. And Netflix will just bring it right on back. Because that's how I got into my show about the football dude that's not really. All American. All American. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's I how did I got too. I, 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 Been on I, CW. I got stuck. Yeah. Just watching. Watch. I hate. And then when they ask me if I'm still watching, I'm like, yes, let's go. <laughs> like, exactly. So yeah, they they, they buy it, they buy it off like a. Uh, I've been people been talking about recently. Uh, I don't know if y'all watch a uh, Sixty Days In from A and E. I've been a devout fan. <laughs> Sixty Days In. I mm-hmm. watched. I watched it while they were happening. So it's 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 interesting now to be like, see people talk about Sixty Days In. I'm like, bro, I was watching that three years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like probably in their top ten. But uh, yeah, man, Netflix. Uh, I mean, we'll see, man, and. I don't know, say congratulations to Dave for kind of getting what he wanted. And I, I mean, you know, it's one of the things where I'm glad he actually has someone that had his back, though. Yeah, exactly. That's something that's really dope. And then hopefully it's like we'll see more of that in the future. Hopefully. With, with other people, I think other companies, I hope they learn to value people and not profit. Yes. For sure. Okay, so speaking of Netflix, so have y'all seen the uh, Kevin Hart special in his house? Yes, yes I have. I have. The, the yes, I have. What y'all think? Did you like? Was it you funny? Me, what, what you think? Go ahead. Mediocre. I mean, it wasn't really worth conversating. You know, uh, it's worth what? Conversing. I mean, conversing. I'm sorry. <laughs> you were not that, conversing. That's one thing we will not do. On this <laughs> sorry, sorry, we sorry. We were 100. We will nip that shit in the bud. Hey, my bad. Hey, look, me and April were like record stop. Hey. He was what? <laughs> Yeah. Hell no, nah. you gonna take that public school shit somewhere else. My bad, man. But I will not. I, it's, it's not worth conversing though. Not at all. Not to be. I mean, it didn't have anything that was like punching. You know what I mean? It wasn't no real good punches to it to me. Uh, he had some. I don't know. He had some good dark points, but then also I feel like because of COVID too, he didn't have that chance to go. You know, to these cities to perform and you know master his craft either. Like, I feel like, you know, you got to get some webs out of your stand-up mm-hmm. to get perfect or, you know what I'm saying, to that point where now you get it and all that. Because if you look at when you do, like, actual, where they, like, record you doing stand-ups, they always wait until it's, like, close to that last city or that last major city. Okay, you scared me because I thought you thought Kevin Hart was new. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. He been on the, I, I got what you're saying. Like, yeah. You got to keep working on it. That's all it is. I'm not going to lie. I might have a little bit like one little like but like I didn't really like and I like Kevin Hart. Right. But I didn't really like like it was cute, like the bop thing. I was just mm-hmm. like, Oh, like these are cute stories, but I didn't really laugh. Mm-hmm. Like this one it wasn't that funny to me. I was like, it was nothing memorable. Like you don't have that quote joke. You know, like when you seen Oh, there's memorable parts. Mm-hmm. But... Not to me. I mean it was okay, but I guess I also I love stand-up comedy, though. Like, you know, I'm the same dude that really loved every single Eddie Murphy stand-up that I watched in his prime. Uh, Cat Williams, I was the one that also was very critical when folks said, oh, this is supposed to be funny. You know, like, I love stand-up. I watch a stand-up with a girl more than I watch a movie. Like, you know, just a regular movie with her. So, I don't know. It just didn't feel like it was a stand-up. It felt like it was a rushed move just to get a quick buck. Feel like a sit down. I, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that. That was so corny. What I liked it though. It was, it was, it was a good, good one, one though. Yeah. I like it. Oh, uh, but y'all niggas hating. Y'all niggas. Uh, hating. You thought it was funny? Yes, nigga. I laughed. Like uh, I don't. I don't understand this. This 
everybody's barrier to laughter when it comes to this stand up. And I it, want to laugh. I though. don't understand. Like I don't understand. The, this is my opinion. All right, I laughed. I I mean, it's not. It wasn't hilarious. I'm not going to give it the the ten out of ten highly recommend. But for a stand up performance, it was decent. It was decent. So it you was, laughed out loud. Some parts they 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 were cool. Like this is the question that I want to ask you guys since you're here. I have to ask you, what was the last stand up you watched? Ooh, <laughs> you know what's funny? Um, what is her name? Yvonne. Or uh, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't funny either. I, but I was proud of her because she right, got up and did let's her go. thing. Okay, and her stand up. Okay, all right. Hold that. Okay. What was okay. the last stand up you watched? The last one was Mike Epps. What was it? The last one he did in 2019. Uh, Mike Chick, I think it was called. And that what shit sucked. I, I didn't. You asked me what the last one. I, you I know. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't expect you to say Mike Epps, but I felt like that was, I wasn't ready. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, because I, I get it. You know what I mean? But you asked last. Now, the one I last appreciated was D.L. Hughes. Okay. Which one? Uh, shit. This was like, it had to be like, what? 2000. It was either late 2018 or 19 too, though. Well, the point that I'm trying to make okay. is that the I'm trying to get a feel for the line that people are drawing of this good, bad, funny, not, because comedy is not like music. You don't have comedy coming out every week. Sure. Like, the last, I feel like, good comedy special to come out was Dion Cole, and that was like two years ago. Last year, two years ago, and then before that was like a nice little minute. So if in your mind you're saying, "Hey, this guy isn't funny," and your last relevant comedy thought is his last special, mm-hmm. or you know you don't realize how far back you're actually going, or what are you comp- are you comparing him to him? Right. But when I look at comedy, it's not even a comparison thing for me. It's like literally, if you make me laugh, I will laugh. It doesn't mm-hmm. take much. So like. When I don't laugh, I'm like, and it's not like even when I watched it, I watched it waiting to laugh because Kevin Hart usually makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. But I literally was sitting there like, hmm. Hmm. like, dang, I want to laugh. Come on. I still kind of feel like he's running himself a little dry. I think he needs to sit down a little bit. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny, but when you're that consistent, you're going to get dragged a little bit sometimes. And some jokes may come off where even if it's not the same actual joke, it can sound repetitive. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I do appreciate you talking about your real-life situations. I don't have a problem with you talking about your wife, your kids, your cheating, and all that kind of stuff and being vulnerable in your, you know, actual stand-up. But if you don't take yourself away from it just a little bit so we can see, like, the growth in the things that you're talking about, then some folks will start feeling like, okay, I heard this before. Like, you know, that's why, like, with me, I love D.L. Hewley because he takes at least, and I know he does his trips and stuff but when he does his actual stand-up um when he does his you know like things that yeah his recordings you'll get like two years of a distance of work Mm -hmm. you know like you don't see the same thing coming from him in conversation that he talked about two years ago Mm -hmm. you know because now he has enough time to talk about what's going on you know in his in his space and i do really feel like i do agree with you we have an expectation but I also feel like, you know, we have our favoritisms. Like, you know, because I ain't gonna lie, DL is one of my top favorite. You know, right. like, I know 
he does things like I learned watching things about him and doing bios. He's like, yo, it, it took me five minutes to get jokes off because I had to do this when I was joking and working these low jobs and stuff like right. that. So like I learned that that shit was funny enough for me. And then mm-hmm. I have my pick and choose battles with everybody else. But I think Kevin has just really got to sit down for a second on that part. I mean, he's already stretching himself in movies too. Well, I, I understand your perspective. Um, and yes, he is out here a lot in the term of working and being busy, mm-hmm. but I'm going to bring up two points in the time ter- in the idea of him working and being busy, the pros and cons of that, like you bring up DL Hughley, but DL Hughley would probably give up every dime he got, everything he's ever done to be Kevin Hart. Like there is a, there's a price to pay for fame and success. Like, and he talks about it during that too. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so for somebody like me, when you watched uh not the comedy special, the Don't Fuck This Up, the little documentary thing. Yeah, yeah. If you people hate this shit because they they're starting to hate oh well, I'm kinda getting to how people starting to hate him. Yeah. And they kinda and it feels like people are looking for a reason to tear him down because they don't like things that he's done mm-hmm. outside of comedy. And that's why I feel like it's this like hard the Twitter shit. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's yeah. why this hard stop on Make me laugh or you're trash. Because in this comedy situation, in the world that we all lived in, live, living in in quarantine, which was his situation, it is him going downstairs in his house telling a couple jokes. Mm-hmm. The same way if Drake would give you a little body of work, these are just songs that's not making the album. He's like, I tried these, don't really like them. Here you guys go. Y'all enjoy. But I'm not going to lie when you say that. I don't really appreciate that work from Drake much because I know it's just throwaways. But the thing is, but what you don't say, you don't say Drake is trash because of these throwaways. You in your mind understand that this is not your album. This is not you at your best. This is you doing something as fan service. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you appreciate the fan service. But I don't service. think me and April said that, though. Yeah, but, I'm going to say, because like, for me, I don't think Kevin Hart is trash. Like, I did see the, the Twitter was like, Yeah, yeah I'm kind of talking to y'all, but not really yeah. talking to y'all. Because like, yeah, Twitter yeah. was going in on him. Like, he's done enough for me where it's like, Hey, like I, it wasn't funny, but I enjoyed it. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, like I watched it and I was like, "Hey, like I didn't turn it off." Like I watched through the whole thing, and at the end, I was like, "Hmm." I also wonder, based on the conversation I saw on Twitter, did people watch the whole thing? Mm. Because, um, so y'all heard the joke about you know his daughter, daughter being yeah. a hoe, right? And people were like enraged about that. I think that's what the clubhouse thing was about. Yeah. Um, and if you watch the whole thing, like he even like brings it back up. Right. And so I really feel like people didn't finish the whole thing. They saw that and it was like, oh my God. Hey, to get on, can we, yeah. can we talk about people's sensitivity when it comes to that specific joke and how they just really ran with the shit? Mm-hmm. Can we just talk about sensitivity period? Man, we, we, we gonna have had a whole. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Go ahead. People mad at Kev Hart. For jokingly saying his daughter was a hoe for liking guys. One I want to say is how many times have you heard people jokingly say, you just like your mom in a derogatory mm-hmm. sense? We, we've heard it. And he said this and he's like, I know a hoe that did those exact things. Called her up like, hey, is this how it started? And I'm thinking that is a clever way to put that. Yeah. And to go back to people's sensitivity. One of the greats, Bernie Mac. Oh. <laughs> His number one earth-shattering, groundbreaking joke is about his sissy gay nephew. Which created a television show. 
Exactly. Whoa. We yeah. thought at that time that joke had people in stitches. There is no way that Bernie Mac could get that joke off today. And that's because people looked at the joke as a joke. Because everything now has to be politically correct. Mm -hmm. Anytime you offend somebody, it's like, oh, no, that's not funny. Like, everything has to be, oh, I apologize to this community. Kevin Hart said that during the thing. It's like, I see now, like, it's hard. Number one, he talked about the the pain of being famous. Mm -hmm. Then you can't even get a joke off for real because you got to think about who am I going to upset. Like, Dave Chappelle and Bernie Mac weren't thinking about that. Right. And like I was going to say, like, man, I've heard worse way worse from other comedians that are not up to that pedestal because sometimes I feel like it's who you are mm-hmm. it's not what you say because I remember when uh, what's his name uh, Corey Holcomb said <laughs> I, I knew my daughter was a hoe because she was at the house and she didn't even drink her milk she just throwing it all over her face. I was like, girl, you just like your mama. And I was like, man, look at here, see? bro. See, funny joke. Yeah. You <laughs> see, and it's it's hilarious. And that's way but, worse than what But what he said it. was not even close to what that man said. But And I mean, I heard everybody in the crowd just dying laughing at that. Oh. I see Shaq just like crying. Everybody, you know, but that's what it's who you are. It's not what you say. Bringing up Dave Chappelle earlier and transitioning to Kevin Hart, we all agree that Dave Chappelle is a great Right. But I think the transition now is that Dave Chappelle is almost defining what people think is comedy by his storytelling. He's Mm. not out there quite telling stories. I mean, telling jokes. They have punchlines, but you have five, seven, ten minute setups Mm -hmm. of him telling a story and you're intrigued and you're leaned in and he has a punchline at the end and it's so good your the thing is like this is comedy. Yeah. But he's one of one. He's the only person out here telling stories that good that make you sit down and just be quiet and hang on to every word. So now when you have somebody else come up and do something that's not that, your mind is telling you or people's outside influence is telling you that's not comedy. Deja Pell is literally like a SNL intro every time he tells mm-hmm. a joke because for every 15 to 20 seconds in his story you're still laughing mm-hmm. but you still haven't even got to the root of where the joke is right. really going and that makes him super clever but even he said himself kind of backtracking a little bit but even he said himself like i would want to be kevin hart too right you know what i mean like but the thing is if Dave Chappelle came out now and not when he did. I don't know if he would be as successful because the few oh, episodes that I watched of yeah. Dave Chappelle before he told us not to watch it. No yeah. more. Are you talking about the Chappelle show? Yes. Oh, yeah. Like Why? that would not have made it. Wow. Now. Like that would have got cut off. Like this was coming on TV. I remember sneaking to watch it because my dad did not let me watch it. I had literally text a, a friend of mine that used to watch that with me in high school. And I was like, bro, I forgot how like, Deja Pell was very ruthless at the mm-hmm. mouth or just some of the skits he would make, you know, mm-hmm. just like, you know, the Paul Mooney skits or the one where Tales from a Gay Man, you mm-hmm. know, like that would not, like you said, won't fly by at all of this era. And he made fun of everybody. And just like South Park, like Dave Chappelle made fun of every community. Mm-hmm. I mean, he made fun of us too. Right. So it's like, it, everything is so politically correct now. Like you have to really like. It's not put, even fun no more. It's not. Because this is the thing about 
people being quote unquote offended. I don't think people are actually offended like their outrage says because of this. I think is people wanting to be, hey, I'm unproblematic. So let me be offended for you. Fake woke. It's all fake woke. It's, hey, you said something that black people may find offensive. So let me be offended with them just mm-hmm. in case they're offended because I don't want to seem like I'm on your side. Yeah. These days, it's it's hard. Like, you, you can't laugh at the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. You slip up and say one wrong word. Something gets out of context. Like, I'm waiting for the time that we say something on here out of context. Oh, it's and coming. it's just going to be like. Oh, it's coming. But the worst <sighs> part is these people saying that these family reunions and you oh, know, yeah. at the home, like, you're laughing at them. But then as soon as it's put out there in a public manner, it's like, bruh, you're not supposed, like, you're supposed to hold that. Like, no. Guess who I saw people, well, a small group of people try to come at for being, I guess we want to use the term racist. Who? On Twitter. And I was like, do y'all not know, like, this guy? Gary Owen. What? I bullshit you not. They was oh yeah me. I about forgot. that little comment he made under the the Jeezy versus Gucci. Yeah, yeah. They tried to be like, uh, what did he say? Uh, what did he say? Oh, he I need to uh, watching this. I feel like I need to go get a black and mild and something something Hennessy. Yeah, or whatever. He said, I feel like I need to get uh, two blacks and a henny. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And. Everybody like, oh, you white man and blah blah blah, and and I'm looking at, it, I'm like, do y'all know who Gary Owen is? He's never even said anything questionable at all. Like put it like this, he's more quote unquote down than some of your faves are. Like you, we talked about that Lil Wayne situation a couple days ago. That ain't even on Gary Owen's radar, right? Like you know what I'm saying? It's like you're not even looking at people as people anymore. You're not. You and just you see, took away the whole fact that he's a comedian, it, bruh. It's the fact that he's a comedian. Like, you're, you might as well wash that whole comedian title mm-hmm. down now at this point because you can't even be your job title with folks nowadays. You don't have a comedic license anymore. Like, no. everybody's snatching that from you. And like I said, like, they don't want you to be funny. They want you to be smart and profound. And I mean, you go, what's the, it, it, I can't remember that name of that stand up Eddie got on Netflix, but even he's. Years? Huh? You talking about his old one or his yeah, his old one. delirious? Yeah, the one where uh, he he kept using some I ain't gonna use the term, but even he said like he remember he was coming out with something, the one on Netflix. Uh, uh do, the Dolomite. Yeah. One, um, but four people on the internet could pull it out. He went ahead and just addressed it himself. It was like, man, I wish I never would have said this and not because he knew how they were gonna get him, right? You know, and he hasn't done stand up in how many years? Oh. But you have to protect that just to protect your image on something else that you're trying to sell and market. Like, that's sad. People right. will cancel you for something you said years and years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's that? We, cancel culture is so fake, but we're not going to talk yeah, about that right now. that's a whole other Speaking of cancel culture, <laughs> did y'all see this uh, restaurant <laughs> in Dallas? That true true kitchen and, and cocktails with a K. Right, mm. yes. Yeah, Let's... uh. Okay, let's find it and play it for the people. I invested a lot of money into buying this building, into developing this concept so black people can have somewhere nice to go to, okay? Somewhere where we can feel good about ourselves as a community. Somewhere where our people can feel good about ourselves as a culture, okay? Yeah. But no, no, real talk. And so all this twerking and shit, take it to prime, take it to pink. 
So, to give a little context, on top of that, um, there were, I guess, say a group of girls at brunch or whatever. And uh, the video that we have, let's go with the things that we know. Mm -hmm. uh, we got that they one was up dancing. He came over there, addressed the entire um, uh, restaurant restaurant about it. Said that uh, it went viral, and then. It, you guys can give your auxiliary points or things or auxiliary facts that you that you may have seen and because you know there was something said about like he went over there more than once and there was other like video or whatever do y'all have anything more to add before we get into opinions i saw um so like you said they said he went over there three times mm -hmm. um there was a video with no sound where he was talking to people in the restaurant um also he did an interview with Ricky Smiley. I did not get to listen to it, mm. um, but he did an interview with Ricky Smiley. But all I heard at the end of it was Ricky saying he was going to go to the restaurant that day. Mm. Um, they said that they also posted his uh, dress code thing. Oh yes, oh, yeah. no fuzzy slippers. Well, no slippers, especially the fuzzy. <laughs> yes. one. So he has a he has a dress code. No slippers. No no fuzzy slippers. Yeah. No. I don't know what a bodysuit is, but no bodysuits. Because you, you know the, the one piece, like if, the wrestler you know, outfit. Oh, yeah. not the wrestler. A leotard. Well, you know they have like pants. Like if my whole outfit, like imagine a leotard, but all one thing. And I got pants and. See, only a capo would know the difference, man. Like, I don't know. I would, it be, like... I would have called that bitch a leotard. <laughs> man, <and went> off. <laughs> I was thinking the Kurt Hennig outfit, but right, uh, right. Nah, I mean. <sighs> So where are we staying at? We're going on more facts or are we talking about... You, I mean, do you have any other facts that you want to bring? Because you kind of need to bring your evidence to the table in discovery before you make your case. So I'm giving you a chance to bring things that you think are facts that you have seen and heard before you give your opinion. Let's not do seen and heard. I'm a, Well, I know what I know about this, but I'm going to let this be... Let it, I mean, go ahead with Say facts. what you got to say. Yeah. No, because I was going to say, like, actually, the dress code that is addressed there, that's literally every where that restaurant is actually placed at that's every restaurant out there oh, we for the dress code so we that's why i said i'm not gonna do that really care about the yeah, dress code, but man. well you know some people care about that because you know that's been a lot of arguments lately well yeah okay you're right like shoes like tennis shoes and all that yeah she got those on like, you yeah. know those kind of you're things. right it has been but yeah yeah, yeah for, well for this i'll we'll leave that code. alone though yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, we'll all agree on that one yeah. what i want to know is do y'all think he was wrong or right i'm at a catch because First of all, the DJ name was Daquan too. That kind of bothered me. <laughs> I mean, didn't nobody catch his name? Daquan, cut the music off. I was like, okay, so that's strike. Well, you gotta now, now hold on before but, you get to your spear. You gotta stand on one side. Are you on the owner side? Are you on the the people side? Or the client side? Customer side? Big side? Ain't no middle. Ain't no middle now. You get, gonna, now you, I, you, I, 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 okay, what so is let, it? Me, let me get there. Look, you're trying to count. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Nah, because I'm not even going to give a big speech. I'm just going to say now I am on the people's side. Aww. You act like I can't have time oh, to see. This nigga. Like, because like the I other day, y'all, in the text see. message. I'm not going to be on all the This nigga. 
come on. Come on, bro. Like, okay, so look, I'm gonna put it this way. No, let me put it this way. Tell us why you were on the owner's side. To Initially, start with. I was on the owner's side because I do know and understand like how it works downtown in Dallas. Like they do have it where I think people don't understand like the way it's so separated out there that if he builds a you know if he builds something out there in the actual area that it's at. So it's a uh, it's a building he built or he owns well, like owns the, the building. He actually owns the building that he bought for the restaurant. He okay. bought that building. Okay. So I give him credit for that. And it's hard to even be black out there to own a business, you know, like a business in that area because like I told you, there's an example where I like to go to is a place called Moxie. And it's super dope, but it's like catered to white folks who is you know, massive. And you can't get there for real unless you like a ball player or, you know, maybe a lawyer or I don't know, a housewife or some bullshit like that. Those are the type of folks that go to that place. Go to Moxie. Yeah. Well, not just Moxie, just that, you that know, area. restaurants, out, you know, yeah, out there. Mm-hmm. Now, you go to another area in Dallas, they have those places for us. And I feel like he should have probably brought his business that way. You know what I'm saying? If you feel like you're going to... If, if you feel like, you know, you're going to make this, like you said, like the music is playing. That's why I said I had to really change my mind up eventually because you knew what you were doing when you built that over there. And you knew that you were bringing that type of crowd over there. But the scary part is people do all of a sudden out there start shooting, start doing all type of crazy stuff. And then Dallas is actually crazy right now where, you know, folks are talking about the whole thing with the Bootsy and all them killings. Like they have a real problem out there. So... I can understand where he's coming from trying to kill it now because you still got those drug dealers that's, you know, dining these women and going to these type of restaurants and stuff like that. And then you have an issue over there. You don't want to be the black company to have that problem and be a black owner. So you saying that twerking brings drug dealers? <laughs> do, do professional men not like twerking as well? No. What I'm saying is it's an image that could take away the idea of what he's trying to do too. Whose idea? His idea. Hmm. So let's talk about the fact that he's. But I don't think it's still cool to be twerking in a restaurant, though. I mean, I ain't trying to see that shit. What? Nigga. I'm good. You can tell he didn't go to the Exactly. Nigga. I love booty and scrambled eggs, man. Man, a fuck a brunch. You ever been to Waffle House after the club where you get dirty on the DJ? On the DJ? I live in Atlanta, of course. I know about that. But that's not. All star special in ass. Here's my thing. Okay, so I was always on the wrong side. Number one. What you mean the wrong side? The, I mean I was on the customer. Like oh, I the felt like he side. was wrong. The mm. owner. Okay. So number one, all I saw was him coming out and cursing out the people yeah. that are paying in this restaurant. Number one, number two, actually, you're telling Daquan to cut off <laughs> body yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. You're playing twerk music. And then coming out and being mad because people are twerking. Mm-hmm. A lot of people on Twitter are like, you can't restrain yourself from not twerking. First of all, also, they have Douce and Douce bottles. Like <laughs> no, Douce no, slushies. No, no, slushies. slushies yeah. Douce slushies in the restaurant. This this fancy establishment with the black people glitter, parsley, <laughs> all on their food. Like, I, I'm not mad at him for wanting a... a classy establishment i'm not mad at him for wanting his business to be a certain type of way what i'm mad at him about is the fact that he went over to those people and made this public service announcement you have to know that we live in a world where people are ready to pull their camera out yeah so like that it went viral 
I don't know if it's brought more people to his restaurant or less. It's um, been okay since still. Niggas be lying, bro. This shit just happened this weekend. He don't know. Like, like we, 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 I'm saying we, so far he's good. But I'm saying if, we haven't had another brunch service since this came out. If, if you go on Yelp, <laughs> it looks, so I didn't know if they were so new when they, when all this came out. So it's a very new establishment. Yeah. Now for like four months. And the reviews on Yelp, if y'all ever want a good, like, when I tell you them people put in time and effort, <laughs> like, they were pissed. Like, you know, you pay, make a reservation for seven forty five, you don't get set till 8 50. Then I didn't get my dinner till 10. Like, <laughs> yeah, then it kind of messed somebody up. Somebody said, somebody said they probably drunk off them mimosas because they been waiting three hours for their food. Yeah, I exactly. said that. Exactly. I ain't gonna lie, the messed up part about it is, too, you know, talking to folks that actually live out there, they're like, that owner is barely even there. You know, like, they have, he has another partner. You know, a GM that you don't see, you know, that really is the face of it. Mm. And when he's a part of it, none of that is an issue. You know what I mean? Mm. So, and that's the thing. Also, as the owner, send somebody else out. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just bad from a sense of, like, dang, that's the owner's thought. Yeah, because he could have protected himself. He could have sent one of the servers out and right. just like, and had, and they could have done that. But the fact that somebody that's the owner comes out and you telling people that you don't need their money, which mm-hmm. if you're a business person, you need money. So mm-hmm. you don't need their money and they can get the F out. Like that would have been my cue to be like, oh, this is a free meal? <laughs> Come on, let's twerk our way right out this door. <laughs> yeah, but it's still going to be white folks that's going to get over there. So, so well, listening to body, yaddy, yaddy? Nah, he ain't got to have all that though. So The food itself is going to speak. This is my opinion about the, we're going to start with generally, um, the situation. <sighs> There's such thing as like an implied point. We all know that the turn up brunch that was really big in DC mm-hmm. that they do in the A, mm-hmm. that's like Houston. a thing. Houston, that is a thing thing. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, you can't cultivate that situation and want that crowd, but not deliver on your end because it doesn't look like what you think it should look like you can't so it's almost like i'm gonna build a nightlife spot right i'm gonna put all these jordans and rappers on the wall i'm gonna play yo Gotti. i'm gonna play young Dolph, and then get mad when black people come like what are you doing here like what like because it's it's confused you're sending mixed signals like you said, you can't say you want to classy up your establishment with a fucking DJ. Yeah. Like, that's that's you. You you are the problem. Because, okay, I've worked in the, customer service, in the food industry specifically for four to five years. One thing that you learn if you pay attention or if you're in the managerial kind of pipeline mm-hmm. is you don't control people, you control situations. His situation that he could control and should control was... Hey, DJ, put on some Tevin Campbell. Turn that bitch down a little bit. I'm going to go to this table. I'm going to tell like, hey, ladies, you know, I asked you guys to do whatever, blah, blah. That's kind of not what we're going for. So, you know, your meal is taken care of, but I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Then you go around to the tables beside them and be like, hey, I'm sorry if that was any kind of disturbance to you. You know, that's kind of not what we really want going on right here. You guys doing all right? Y'all need anything? You're controlling the situation. Because mm-hmm. these customers, they're not your kids. Right. See, I'm not going to lie, that really did bother me that you released a video with no audio. Like, you proved nothing there. Like, don't we even, don't... We don't even know if that was even them, if that was even right. the same day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know you that just, was even the same day. You just threw that out there, and it was like... Bitch, I watched First 48. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, 
Oh, I've been watching How to Get Away with Murder for the last three weeks. Yeah. So, so, literally, I have. I'm on season Rondo, five. Rondo released a video that said that the promoter killed something, and it said 2018. No one believes him still. So, I mean, it's hard to really take any side on that. Like At this point, bro, you know, take your L and keep it moving, really. Can we go back? No, no, no. Because people were like, you don't see people twerking in Ruth's Chris. I've never heard... Meg the Stallion music <laughs> yeah. when I've been at Roots Chris. I've exactly. never heard that at any like high end establishment. Like kind of piggybacking on what you're what you're saying. In his spiel has a lot of us and we and people. No, 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 no. You don't pick and choose with the culture. Like if you're trying to cultivate, you don't pick and choose like that. Just because you quote unquote are of the culture, mm-hmm. just because you are a black man and you are have the privy to the word nigga. Yeah. You don't pick and choose how the culture acts and reacts. So you actually are even more responsible because nigga, you know us. Exactly. Yeah. You gave me alcohol. You gave me a douce slushy and then put, throw that in a circle. <laughs> and thought I wasn't finna throw nothing in a circle. You know what I kind of liken it to in my mind? Cause I see this a lot and it just burns me up inside. It really just, it's like when big time celebrities write a big check to a school and they want the black people to cheer them on, but they always give it to Howard and Clark the, the, Morehouse. Like they give it to the same oh, three schools. Like, yeah. hey, I want black people to feel me. I want them to say, hey, I I support HBCUs. Hey, what's that black school that everybody goes to that I didn't go to that I have no kind of affiliation with? Let's give them some more money. Yeah. Like that's the thing. It's like. They do it because they want the blacks to support them and herald them, and they want the black nod. But I ain't never seen a school get more money HBCU than uh, was it Howard? Howard? Yeah. Howard Every time you turn D-Mo. around, folks throwing money at them. Yeah. And there's HBCUs that be on the brink of closing. Closing. They need the money, but y'all don't do the research. I just be like, oh, exactly. Here you go, black people. And you, what the, what turnarounds that happen? Every blog, every newspaper get. Oprah gives HBCU this much money. So and so billionaire sign, uh, pays off everybody's uh, so and so at this HBCU. Motherfucker, Tuskegee is now there. Ain't nobody throwing no money at nah. them, and they are pumping out black engineers mm-hmm. like clockwork. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about successful people, like yeah. And it's it, and like you said, they're not doing the research and the shit. You don't even have to look far. You don't. And the thing is. It's historically black colleges and universities. There are a hundred and one of them, and no more are coming. Y'all gonna have to start talking about that shit more and more, though. Nigga, we do. <laughs> I mean, like, just make sure you just put emphasis every time, though. We, like, bruh. That's something that I really want to do. It's like, I have two degrees from HBCU. Yeah. Like, I want to be an advocate for, like, you can be at, you can, like, at a and start here, <laughs> yeah. go anywhere. You're right. I've seen A&M get, like, really mistreated a lot, you know, just from the third party watching, looking in, and I'm like, why? Like, I never understood it, though. It's not like y'all have never had anybody that's produced that's done well. You know what I mean? Like, y'all have good stories from folks that come from there. Look at me. I'm just like. <laughs> Two times. I mean, Hello. Look but at us. What I'll look, say, look though. I, I went there, too. For <laughs> our listeners, it starts with us. Before we start asking for other people to give money to our HBCUs, mm-hmm. we need to start giving back True. as well. And so, shout out to, I forgot who did it. Like, there was a group. Of people that did like a campaign to give back. I wish I could think of the name. Oh, uh, instead of homecoming, it was give coming. Yes, you talking about Candace now? Yes, Candace, um, uh, Candace, you talking about Petway, um, um, Camille uh, Fulton, yeah, uh, and, uh, and who was the other one? Um, Brandon Gilmore, 
But it was a bunch of A&M grads that said, hey, we're not having um, homecoming this year. So they were encouraging people to give back. And it was like, I really loved it. It was great. And that's what like us as alumni, not even even to our listeners that didn't go to A&M, you need to give back to your HBCU in which you did go to. And if you didn't go to the HBCU, give to A&M. We'll accept it. Exactly. (laughs) We love your money. Exactly. So uh, you see that... uh, our president Hugini is retiring next year. Yes. Yeah, man. So, but I, he has done some changes to the school. Like A and M has come a long way in ways that when they had a fucking co-ed dorm, I said, "Excuse me, <laughs> are y'all heading out birth control too?" Oh I mean, man. Well, we had those at PWIs, but gosh, but that no. was something. You know, HBCUs. It's like living with your parents, right? Yeah, keep I know. boys over there, girls over. But here. I'm not gonna lie though, man. Like just seeing that though, like I. I I really like locally, you know, getting in the position. I would love to just like contribute more to that than give us your money. No problem. <laughs> we'll take it. I mean, I have no problem with that. Like, I would love to see that. The beautification that took is that a word? Beautif- no, it's beautification. Okay. Not like the I beautification that took place at A and M under his like under his leadership. Like, yes, there were small little things that the students had concerns with, but overall, right, he did his thing. He did a great job. I want my kids to feel okay to say like. I went to AM, not oh I had to go to AM. This the thing is like when people have those kind of like, oh, I had to go to AM, like the locals that do are you kind of look at college is about choices. Like there is like, okay, some niggas gonna feel a kind of way, but hey, real is real. Mm-hmm. If you majoring in a major that don't make no money, it's not A and M's fault. You don't make no money. <laughs> that's a fact. That's, that's any the school. That's the because the I mean, and we can only kind of speak on this because this is the life that we live. But me and April both, you know, went in engineering twice. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever, and we were in a field that is highly recruited. So mm-hmm. there was no issue with finding jobs afterwards. Mm-hmm. But if you go, I don't know, like if you're, I know business majors, highly competitive. You're not at a disadvantage because you went to A&M. You're at a disadvantage because you're a business major. Exactly. But then also there are some people that are business majors that are doing their thing. Right. Yes, they are. Like from A&M. So it's like, that is a highly competitive field, but also like we're in Huntsville. This is an engineering city. Like we're plugged in. Exactly. Plug and play. That's it. As it's a pipeline, like. So many companies and corporations have, you know, intern programs and things like that that literally go directly from A and M into the workforce. Mm-hmm. So like when we go to career fairs and things like that, like I remember we used to go to Bay a conference. Um when you got this work experience lined up on your resume, somebody's going to bite. Right. Cause they at least gonna take a, a swing at a nigga that at least went to work before. Man, same over there where I went. I mean, you had like a crap load of engineers over there, but it's a little more political when you got to deal with the white versus blacks, you know. But, Did y'all get opportunities like it? Because do you know what Bay is? It's the mm-hmm. black, en- yeah, black yeah. engineer of the year award. Yes, it's yeah. a con- it's a conference and it's a career fair. Yes. I mean, you you get those opportunities, but you got to make sure you really be on your toes and you network hard as hell. Versus like you know, I feel like I know it may sound crazy, but it does feel like it's a lot easier. You know, because I remember I was dating a girl who had, uh, you know, going to school for, I'll tell you who she is later, but she was going to school for computer engineering, and it's like her job was already lined up. Mm-hmm. And that's not what my case was. You know, like, my cousin had one, but I didn't. You know what I'm saying? We going to the same school, 
had the same year of graduated, but that was not my story because he did whatever to make himself look good with them, and I didn't. I was just like, when I'm done, I can just go back to Huntsville and get a job anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, it's all about how you play your cars out there. Right. I mean, yeah, so it's, it's kind of... You gotta kiss ass, though, out there. I don't like that part. Well, it's... Hey, you gonna kiss ass at some point in time. Different right? kind of part. No, I'm... You, I'm, I'm when you, <laughs> when you get, when we say, get to that PWI hey, versus HBCU... We can talk about the difference of kissing the ass stuff. A big joker for this week. All right, bro. Let me tell you what happened. So I'm sitting at the crib, right? About to go to uh, about to go to lunch, which is me leaving my house to get something to eat because everybody working from home. I pull up Instagram and I see this page, and I've always wanted to do this, and I never did. Where you know people be selling plates and mm-hmm. shit. So my guy's name is the Chef Effect. At T H E C H E F E F F E C T, the chef effect. So he had posted, soon as I was like, like damn, what I'm gonna eat, he had posted this uh, taco salad plate, right? Word. So it's a plate with taco salad, it had beef, cheese, rice, all this joint, and it had half of a quesadilla, like, you know, two quesadilla slices mm. and everything, too. And it was like, plate was full, and I was like, and it was like $15. So I was like, man, that shit look like it's good as fuck. <laughs> yeah. So he was like, you know, Venmo, Cash App, whatever, all that accepted. So I hit him in the DM as soon as he dropped it. I was like, hey, bro, let me in. Yeah. And he'll like, bet, say less. He'll like, this is where the address is, pull up. 15 minutes later, because it was like 10 minutes away, whatever. 15 minutes later, I pull up, tell him I'm outside, come out there with the bag, got a drink, cold drink in it. When I say he handed it to me, I like, you know how your arm drop a little yeah. bit? I'm like, damn, this bit kind of heavy. Hey. So I'm like, I'm like, so in my mind, I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm in that bitch thinking like, man, what this nigga didn't gang me? Like, what if <laughs> ain't no shit? Some slop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, I like, man, this shit might be some bullshit, whatever. Bruh, I got to the crib. When I say the bitch was still hot, that shit was flavorful. Like, my man really showed out. Trap look, kitchen. So look, I hit my man back. I said, hey, bro, check this out. <laughs> I'm not cooking ever. <laughs> I'm working for a home. When you get in your bag again, after you post that shit, you hit me in the DM and you tell me like, hey bro, this is what I got. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm with it. And like I posted this shit and I want y'all to go shop with them, bro, cause that plate was good as the fuck. Say the name again. Oh, it was the chef defect. Yeah, I gotta uh, get that. It's at T H E C H E F E F F E C T. Okay. The chef when you effect. posted that plate, posted the plate. Oh my goodness! Like it really. It made you hungry. It made me hungry. Yeah, all kind of shit in I'm talking about. It was cheese, jalapenos, ground beef, sour cream. Then he had me give him sauce on the side, gave him more sour cream on the side. <laughs> then he gave him the quesadilla. He put rice in the quesadilla, and I was like, I never thought about having rice in the quesadilla. But if I was making the quesadilla, I would put rice in my quesadilla. Bussin. Shout out to you, sir. Bruh. And then I, I think it. he's young too, because I went to his page because you, mm. you know, shout him like shout out to you. And I'm coming, bro. Bro, like y'all, like these folks that be goddamn slanging them plates, y'all gotta support them because them boy be in that be whipping. Trap kids. That I shit was, was good, bro. And I'm like, bro, I don't want you to fold, bro. Like, yeah. hey, you ever like, look, if you hear this, if you ever on hard time, it'd be like, look, bro, I need like sixty dollars to float me. sixty though. Yeah, your sixty. Hey, Twenty off the forty. I'm just telling. Hey, but your cap is sixty though. Just don't like. I'm using sixty <laughs> as an example. Just like, I keep. I support you sixty dollars worth, and then I'm a. Oh shit. Then I'm an investor. So yeah. now, after so, like eighty dollars, we investment. No, nah, exactly. Uh, when I get to hundred, we're gonna change things to the burger. 
bird effects. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you ever been signed to a 360, but... <laughs> You gonna get this rock next to you? Oh shit! We eat case of this for Hey, I'm talking about you starting in the morning for me. He could be in that kitchen sweating. He was like, hey, they gonna be here at five thirty. You might want to hurry up. Throw that bitch in the warmer real quick for me, boy. I'll be there by eleven thirty. I was like, no. Yeah. Uh, and that goes for any other candidate that won't be signed to the black car. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga death rolled the hell out of everybody, boy. <laughs> hey, man, we might do that shit, man. Uh, uh, shit. But yeah, that was our uh, big joke for the week, bro. <laughs> oh, man. My back. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Bro. That was good. That was all right. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. So, <laughs> all right. We were talking about. Uh, my man cutting the food out there in the um in Dallas. Then we talking about my man the chef effect, and uh, it's kind of good that now we kind of talking about like just black businesses, period, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, dealing with the chef effect and things like that. Like I admire his grind and things like that. And you know, I have my own business I'm running, and it's just the conversation of black businesses from having a business. And dealing with black customers and being a black customer of black businesses is you have so many different perspectives and so many things kind of go on. And it's a hot topic amongst the black community. And I feel like this is a good place for us to kind of talk about the good, the bad, the ugly when it comes to black businesses. Um, what, what have been some of you guys experiences or thoughts when it comes to either dealing with black businesses or running your own perspective business or doing business? I think as a customer, I've had really good experiences with black businesses. Mm-hmm. And then I've had some that's just like, man, mm-hmm. I want you to be better. Yeah. Well, that, that's it. I mean, we can go further in. Yeah, I'd right. rather you go further. Yeah. <laughs> that's what she said. Anyway. Um, Not on my case. I got three. Go ahead. Oh, my God. <laughs> As a black father, <laughs> bang bang, man. <laughs> I think as a customer, um, it's it's difficult with black businesses because one, you have your businesses that are out there that are um, promoting things, mm-hmm. and you want to support. Like I wish I could support everybody, mm-hmm. but I also have a budget. Mm-hmm. I also got a mortgage. Like I got bills. Right. So it's like I want to support everybody. But at the same time, um, sometimes y'all be making people bad feel bad for not mm-hmm. supporting your business. That black business guilt trip. Man. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Fucking like, worse. Like, that's one thing that, like, one of my pet peeves. Like, you don't see Target. You don't see. I picked Target because I love Target. <laughs> but you don't see other businesses out here, like, begging for people to support them. Just put your stuff out. Mm-hmm. The people that rock with you going to rock with you. People that aren't, they just aren't. I think the, the, the thing about the black guilt that they put on, you know, their circle around them, it's, it's a thin line, you know? It's a thin line between support and false hope. Mm-hmm. If I'm buying your product one time because you asked me to and I feel bad for it, you don't know if your product is good or not. That's true. You just know, hey, I put it out there. Twenty people hit me. I don't. I don't want you to do no dumb shit like 
oh shit, 20 people bought this thing. Let me go put, take all the money I made, put it back into the business and now you can't sell five. Right. Like the thing about it is like you kind of, okay, I, I don't know if I've expressed this to the pie, but I have my own business. So I'm, I can kind of speak to it. Exactly. Plug. Just throw a plug one time. Uh, so plug I, love. So I do my own custom woodworking and I've been doing it for two years and I, I would consider myself successful. Pretty good. And specific, specifically at this top, on this topic, I have a almost 100% black customer base and that is by design. So one thing about how I started and how I perceived the business was I wanted to organically grow. Mm-hmm. So when I decided to actually make it a business, I had to look at the scheme of what are my people buying? Mm-hmm. What, how much are they spending? Like you have to ask yourself and be, be real honest with yourself about these. What am I willing to do for this amount of money? So I made a point, like there is going to be a time where you're going to, quote unquote work for free you're going to you might even your skills could outprice your circle so for example i can build a table that is worth four thousand dollars my reach will not sell a four thousand dollar table but somebody can come to me and be like hey i want a table this is my budget we can meet in the middle to where I can take your money for that and I can give you something and we both are. This is my problem with that though. We don't ask white people to do the same thing. We cannot keep a dollar in black wealth if we keep making middle grounds. Like the dollar effect with black businesses lasts only minutes versus how long it works with Caucasians, Asians, and etc. I worked for a valet boutique when it was around and available. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that every time we were trying to get someone to just shop with us, it was, well, we'll knock off five. We'll knock off ten. We'll mm-hmm. do this. We'll do that. Why is it you cannot legit 100% see where the dollar value is with a black company and just stick at that? Like, that white folks don't do that, bro. I'm, well, I'm sorry, they don't. I've well, seen it. They don't do it. Well, in the this barter system, shit don't work for us. Okay, let's back. That's up why some. the dollar don't stay. Let's back it up some. What you're saying is more so a conceptual ideology. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying, yeah. and I agree for the majority, the mass majority of it. Mm-hmm. But that all fine and dandy. But you also have to back up and live in your realistic realism, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, that sounds good, but you still get to the point when you actually put boots to the ground and do the work. You can go out here and outprice everybody, and now you got products sitting on the shelf. You can price something for $100, but your advertisement system only sees $75 of worth in it. So now what good is it doing you to be steadfast at this 100 Now you're discouraged. You have no sales. You've actually lost money because you have overhead. You've lost time, which is more money down the drain, all because you have this idea that this item is worth this much to me. Now, what I'm saying is you have to do market analysis. 
you have to understand, hey, for items like this, mm-hmm. people around me are spending roughly $75 for it. Mm. All right. I'm trying to break into that market. I need to start with maybe $50 because I need to prove myself in this market. I need to. We were just talking about Dave Chappelle and Netflix. We need brand loyalty. I'm going to create brand loyalty and slowly go from 50. Now I'm going to go up to 60. Now I'm popping a little more. People love me. Now let me go up to 70. Now this person is fucking with me nonstop. Now I'm going to go up to 80. So now you outside of your market. That is how all this is really kind of simple. And we overcomplicate it. We have startups and we listen to these big wigs and all these things. And we really kind of make it harder on ourselves than just you have to sit back and be honest. You can't you have to do the grunt work. And I think that's the part that a lot of people skip over, though. Like nowadays you see everybody like I believe that people should charge what they're worth. I believe that we should charge money. However, you have to realize who your target audience is Mm -hmm. and are they going to pay that amount? If, if, you know, you, if bird is charging $5,000 for a table, I'm like, that's cool and all, but if bird is new and I haven't seen birds work mm-hmm. and I can go to rooms to go and get a table for 900, well, I'm gonna pay bird. Mm-hmm. You have no reason. You have no reason to believe even if I was selling a table for $900, when you look at that, $900 is quite a bit of money to anybody. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to think about, I'm a save up this money, mm-hmm. spend $900. I'm either going to have a $900 swing on you or at least have a $900 rooms to go with the warranty. I can take this shit back, go get another one out the back. They'll bring me one. You, you're you always going to go with rooms to go because that person hasn't made that loyalty or that understanding or that confidence with you as a customer. I get where y'all are coming from. And I do respect where y'all are coming from as well, but what I'm saying also is, how are we? I, I get where you. Okay, I get the stepping stones, but quality is quality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I feel like if you tell me it's nine hundred or if it's five thousand, I have to accept for what it's worth. Like there is no compromise when you go anywhere in business sense other than blacks again. You can accept for what it's worth, but if somebody, if Bird told me he's charging five thousand dollars for a table, and I know I can go to Rooms to Go for nine hundred, my money is my money. But Rooms to Go ain't gonna do that. We'll get a table for nine hundred. I just. I mean, it. like if you got if that table is the same as five thousand, it's a reason why it's nine hundred versus five thousand. It's just like bags, like you know, you talk about women with that that likes luxury bags and stuff like that. You talk about the quality of leather. You talk about the quality of the inside, the interior, and et cetera. Like, you're paying for literally what you get. Handcraft is not cheap. Anything that you sew, you cut, you know what I mean? Anything that you do in those natures, they should have a certain value and peak. And I think what we're saying, though, is that you have to work up and like, kind of, like, get get loyalty from your from your customer base or from your audience before you can really shoot to those high prices. I'm not saying I don't... I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. This happens quite frequently. Somebody, you know, they may not know me, they may not see me, or they may have heard about me, seen a couple pictures, especially like last year, it was kind of start. They'll buy a table, right? Mm -hmm. I'll go drop off the table. They spend a day or two with the table and start admiring the craftsmanship, looking at the work. They call back like, hey, I need a bench to go with the table. Mm Mm-hmm. 
they could have asked for the table and the bench together, but what they needed to do is to for me to gain confidence with them. They needed to see it's just like first one's always free. You got to get them hooked. You mm. got to prove it yourself. Like it's not that wild of a concept. It's not that crazy of an idea. And I think what you're saying, I understand, but you also have to remember that there is a difference between price and value. You, your stuff has to be valuable. I think where I'm coming from more so is like how we just caught the last grass of how the dollar has a value. Because before their dollar had a real significant value, it was Caucasians who took over that part first. And I ain't trying to be all pro-black and crazy. I'm just saying, like, if you really think about it, I still feel like the reason why white people get away with a lot of stuff in these businesses that are corporate, because, of course, they're owned by Europeans and et cetera. Like, the reason why they get those passes is because before there was a real treatment of how the dollar is valued, they made it where this dollar was worth this much to have this, have that. Now that we have to deal with the middle of how much this actual cost in the coin, we have to compromise. Okay, check this out. That's why I feel like there's no real value. I I feel like there's no um, generation wealth with black people because they've already controlled it first. When I go, and I'm not, we don't free pub. When (laughs) I go to this place Mm. and I get um, my uh, wax specialist, whatever, right? Mm. When the first time I went, Guess what? It was free. Mm-hmm. I get it. To see, because they wanted to show me. Mm-hmm. I've been going to the same place for two years. And I drive an hour and a half to go to this place mm-hmm. to get a service done. And I pay for it. But the first one was free to get that loyalty. And this this isn't a black-owned business. But then, like, sometimes I feel like with us, we'll start out and we'll be like, okay, so this place is charging $55. So I'm going to start it. This is my first time. I'm starting $55 too. Right, and right. then like, I ain't never been to you. And then like, like for instance, like any type of service dealing with the body, like that's intimate. Mm-hmm. Like, so like, I don't know if you know what you're doing. Like mm-hmm. I've never seen your work. I might've seen it on Instagram. Your friends going to hype you up. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm paying for. So you go in there and you want to charge top dollar coming out. And then it's like, when, if I know I can go here and spend $45, and I got to go to you and spend 55 Yes, sometimes I do want to support us. But also, like, I have a budget. Like, right. I'm trying to save money. I got bills and stuff. So I know this place. Trust them for 45 Why you just started, you starting at 55 Like, I that's the part that gets me. It's like charge your worth, but also, like, know how the game works. I think a lot of people, and I think that kind of comes from, I feel like a lot of people especially like in today's society everybody is constantly telling them like own a business own a business llc llc everybody isn't made to be a business because truth be told i didn't have any plans on having this woodworking business Mm -hmm. i built a goddamn kitchen table because i needed a kitchen table I just, I kind of knew how to do it. Didn't know why I knew how to do it. You had but, the and you did what you had to do. Hey, God's gift. Like, I swear, all, all glory to him. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like my hands are gifted and I'm just getting better and better. The, the business chose me. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, they kind of try to get out here and be like, hmm, how do I start a business? How do I start a business? Maybe that's not for you. Maybe mm-hmm. you're not, maybe you don't have the patience. Maybe you don't have the skill. Maybe you don't mm-hmm. have the time to literally run a business and it's wrong to think that other people are wrong because they're not throwing money at your shitty product. Because you, everybody can't be an entrepreneur. It's, but it's, but so, you got to have that level of 
is when I use the term self-actualization, I literally mean you have to step outside of yourself mm. and realize that you are not special. Look at yourself as just another number, as just another person. How do you fit into the cog of the world? How do you fit into everybody else's world and everybody else's life? People don't know that I go out here and I will spend hours in the garage, deep into the night. They don't give a shit. I know they don't give a shit because if I was buying it for somebody else, I wouldn't give a shit. And so therefore, I don't put me and my personal efforts or my late nights, that's not baked into the price because that's the price of doing, that's the price of running business. Mm -hmm. I, I, okay, so I'm going to say this. When I worked at Ballet, again, we're talking about where you buying products wholesale and people are looking at you like, Oh, come on, man. You can't do it for this. You got to get your retail. You got to. Because, I mean, if you want to look at any kind of way, you don't go online and you don't get on that damn chat and be like, look, I got 70 for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't type that shit and talk to nobody like that. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you treat, I feel like if you treat everything like that according, and if you look at the work and see what it's worth, then you move according on that period. Like, I'm always agree to disagree on that because I feel like black people don't put enough respect on how people put their own time, energy, work, you know, effort, money into everything that they have to do too. I'm not going to compromise. Like, even if I'm not happy all the way, I just know not to deal with you no more. But I'm going to give you what you asked for for that moment and I'm going to move forth. You need to get yourself together so you won't have to worry about that being a twice. Make me want to come back. But here's my thing. If I spend money with you, right? So like, also, if I spend money, spend money with you and it's a lot of money, right? Mm -hmm. That may be a hindrance from whether or not I come back. Because mm -hmm. once again, like, yes, we want to put money back into our communities. But, like, also, I have a budget. So, like, if birds building tables for $2,000 and I know I can get it for 900 I don't know. You know, like, but also, like, so here's the thing. I've, I've worked with bird before. I hit bird up. Like, it wasn't even on the woodwork stuff. It was like, I needed some stuff built because I don't mm. build stuff, okay? Bird sent somebody to my house. They built up what I needed. And you know what they did also? I had some boxes in my garage. They said, hey, you want me to take some of these boxes with me? Do you know that was like, in my head, I was like, wow. Mm -hmm. Like, that was the that was the tip. Like, that I was, and I was just like, you know what? I really, like, if I need something, I'm, I'm literally in my house trying to figure out what I can have Bird build me. Because mm -hmm. it's like, I appreciate the way he ran his business. There's other black businesses that I've like supported before. Like we can go down a list and like, I just appreciate that little bit of extra at the beginning. Like I get what you're saying. We shouldn't come in asking for discounts all the time, but also you got to build your way up to the mm -hmm. point where people aren't asking for that anymore. Like you can't just start up here. Like I can't start a business and think that I'm going to compete with target at the beginning. Right. But that's again, that's because and we that's, didn't control that. No, no, no. I get what you're saying, I, 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 but the I feel thing is, bro. I get what you're saying. Like, but what you're saying is still conceptual. We, I understand because you're 100 percent correct in that the white businesses have X, Y, Z, A, B, C at their disposal. No, even though all that is true, so the fuck what? That is the fact. That is there. You can't look at your business and be like. Oh, niggas don't fuck with me because I ain't out here like Target. Nigga, you never going to be Target. Are you in your lifetime you ain't going to be Target? So you kind of look maybe you need to be Walmart for a little while. Maybe you need to be Dollar General for a little while like to work your way up. But what that's what I'm saying is like I understand what you're saying. 
and I totally get the big picture thing of it, but the day to day grind of it, the minutia that mm. we're talking about is like true facts. And people kind of people low key be scared to tell people who like own businesses or run businesses like that they fucking up. So I mean, I guess this is our way of telling them like, look, maybe you'll probably if you ain't got no if you don't have any work, maybe your prices are too high. Is it's just really that simple, or maybe your work just isn't that good. Don't blame the customer. Blame yourself sometimes. Because that's the thing. If if you're not making money, like if you have hundred dollars shirts that you feel are worth a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and people aren't buying your hundred dollars shirts, you charging your worth, but you ain't making no money. Right. Exactly. But if you got you know shirts and hey, you know what? I mean, makeup brands do this all the time. I'm going to send out, you know, this person has a lot of people, like the influencer world. Mm. These people got a lot of influence. I'm going to send out these shirts, just kind of get them, give give me some feedback. These people put the shirts on. Now, you give a shirt to Bird, Bird's followers like, oh, that shirt's nice. Where you get that from? Boom. All of a sudden, you got people coming because this person saw it. But you got to sacrifice a little bit and mm. give Bird a shirt for free. You don't want to do that. Why I got to sacrifice when I can... Why I got to sacrifice when I can go on the internet real quick and make myself viral where I can get the same price from everybody else somewhere else? No, I mean, it does happen. These kids do it all the time. Y'all can one, 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 y'all want to. I swear to God. This nigga said, this nigga said go, go on the internet and make myself viral like you got to click a button. All right, go. It's really Go viral hard. this week. Go viral this week. All right, bro. I'll give you $100 you go viral you, this week. If you want to take it to that level and dilemma, that's fine. But what I mean is, if you do believe in yourself enough, you got to find your higher volume to get to that point. Believe it. Like, okay, this is the thing. Believing like, in uh, yourself is bo- all fine. Bro, and I, I know for a fact that when we did the valet boutique, we made way more money than what we did trying to sell to people in Huntsville. That's fine. But when you say if you believe, because this, this is another thing. People get their emotions behind these things. You can believe in yourself all they want. No, I ain't do you wanna, about that. But listen to what I'm saying. Do you want to make a product or do you want to make a profit? Okay, so... Perfect example. I'm reading this book, Power Habit, right? Febreze. When Febreze first started, Procter & Gamble put out this thing where basically they had this odor eliminator, right? Mm-hmm. And they found this lady that, like, they sent out samples. Yeah. Had people try it out. They started selling it. They found this lady that said, like, oh, my gosh, I work with animals and things like mm-hmm. that. And she used to always smell like skunk. So her dating life sucked because she smelled like a skunk. skunk. Uh-huh. And when she got a hold of Febreze and they took away that odor... She just cried and was happy. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, that's the answer. So they went and started selling stuff. Well, nobody thinks their house stinks. Mm-hmm. So they didn't end up selling anything. And they ended up losing money. Mm-hmm. Came back around, they realized that, hey, people like for their house to smell good. Add a little perfume in it and tell them, like, this is what your finishing touch is. Turned around, people were actually using their product. They end up selling like double what they did. And now Febreze is like this big name. Like, everybody uses Febreze. Right. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, when they started, though, they were giving out free products. They were getting right. people to test it out. Like you, uh, it's just like in my mind. I feel like as black businesses, people just start out and they start up high. Like, hey, other people are charging, you know, five thousand dollars for a website. So shoot, I'm gonna charge five thousand dollars too. This is my first website, but you know, it's cool. Right. And I'm like, are so you- does it depend on the business, or does it depend on the? I mean, because that's how I feel like it is. I think is. it's hours. Like you gotta put in. You gotta put in time. Right. You I feel like if you have a business, though, where it's just like I said, like. When you sell things retail and it's priced as a certain way, you can't just be marking everything just because, though. But, okay, okay, when you sell retail, the first thing that you're going to do, let's say you're selling, we're going to say T-shirts because there's a lot of people with T-shirt business. Mm. If you got a bunch of these T-shirts sitting up here, priced at whatever, 
you are 100% and nobody's buying them, but, but you believe in them and you're like, I'm stuck at this price. Mm-hmm. You are so far in the hole because you know, you and I both know, everybody knows, you have to, you get a small return on t-shirt sales, but you got this stockpile of t-shirts to the ceiling mm-hmm. in your garage, in your closet, whatever, but your ego is getting in the way of your profit. You are so dead set on, I'm supposed to be worth this. Put like this, this worth that you're talking about is arbitrary. Where are you even getting this number from? You're just you're just making it up. Oh, you I don't, ain't made no number up. No, what I'm saying is you're making you know you're making the number that you price your stuff at is arbitrary. Where did you get this number from? You haven't is market analysis. You haven't sold enough to understand where your product lies. If you make a shirt and say it's fifty five dollars, why is it fifty five dollars? Because who did you see? You saw that shit from somewhere. You got the idea of fifty five from somewhere. So that's what I'm saying is arbitrary. You didn't do anything to create that this product is valued at this number. You saying like, oh, it's cost no, this I'm much, not, it's worth this much. No, I'm Why not talking about some shit worth? that you just made. I'm talking about shit that you invest in that is already listed as a certain way. And you got folks that want to so come in. Resale. And you, like I'm saying like, any, yeah, but I mean, I'm also saying like when it comes to black folks anyway, they're always looking for a deal no matter what the substance may be at hand. But no, but my point still stands. If you, if, if you, I, if I'm selling, if I'm over here selling, um, you're selling the black card t-shirts. You have no, no, a t-shirt no. If I'm yes, selling that, you, no, I'm talking about. I'm giving you a scenario. You, that's not a good one from where I'm gonna go with it. Damn, my shirts. Like damn, fuck, fuck our shirts. <laughs> hey, listen, when y'all buy these black card t-shirts, oh just know God. that the profits only go to third April. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna make sure they're the only ones in best. But listen though, what I was trying to actually make a point of. I was just saying like on the strength of uh like what's Pharrell's little BBC shit, right? You know that they retailed for fifty to ninety dollars or whatever. Who? Pharrell, when he get the the BBC shirts like Billionaire Boy Club. Oh yeah, like okay. That. That's what I'm talking about. Like when you Go and you invest into this and you know it's supposed to be a double up and shit like that. Now, I do believe that sometimes when it's just like not popular and all that, you got to take your L So, and you're stuff. saying like these, but that's that's, that's different. That's that's different. You're saying going and buy Jordans and reselling the Jordans. Like, no, that's not the same. Well, even if you're talking same. about like wholesale, re- resale. I'm saying of, no matter what, when it's black, it always has a price. Like it's always a price dealt but with. But that's, that's different. The reason that that is, let me tell you, the reason that that is different mm-hmm. is because when the BBC, the Billionaire mm-hmm. Boys Club, that already has a starting price. Mm-hmm. That already has a higher up that has decided that this is the the this is going to be the price of that. Okay. But when you're a black startup, there is no now let's say Pharrell So you're talking literally self made. Yeah. Like let's say like Pharrell was just a nigga that went to Lee. Mm-hmm. And he like, hey, I got these these BBC shirts I'm trying to sell. Mm-hmm. If he comes at, at you like, hey, these shirts are seventy five dollars. Yeah, of course. And then you talk about compromise for real. I'm saying that that's seventy five. Where the fuck you, you? You just made this shit up. You right. you, just, you literally just made that shit up. You have no reason to believe that this product is that amount. Mm-hmm. And and I'm just and I'm not even saying that people need to just be handing out deals or or cut, cutting off their leg, cutting off themselves at the leg. But what I'm saying is like you have to understand and really look at what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. Like, quit listening to Twitter. Quit listening to everybody. If your business is not, if your problem isn't that you have too many customers. You got a problem. Then you got a problem. Yeah. 
that should always be your problem. Your problem should be, I have too many customers. I can't get enough product out. If that's not your problem, you need to look inward at yourself and not outward at other people. I get it. I just feel like black businesses is just, like I said, it's just, uh, just weird in all angles. Now, don't get me wrong. Us as black consumers, we got to tighten the fuck up too. Yes. Like, we be on some bullshit. Mm-hmm. And because, okay, now back on your side, we will try to cut a deal. But see, the thing is, I'm not even mad at trying to cut a deal because, hell, I tried to cut a deal with Verizon today. I mean, <laughs> that's just black, though. Like, I'm going to call but, everybody. I'm going to call the cable company like, hey, this is outside my budget. Can we bring it down? Y'all got any specials? I call everybody to do that. Exactly. Like yeah, white people do it too. Though, yeah. I mean, everybody does but, it. So, so that's what I'm saying. I don't even look at it a, a people thing because, I mean, I don't think it's a black people thing because, hell, I go to goddamn Target. If that bitch ain't got no tag on it, yeah. oh, I like, oh, finesse move at the register. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to talk, talk this shit like. I'm not even scanning that motherfucker. I bet, yeah, like we see, we see people like you go to. Yeah, I did say that. <laughs> Everyone looked at me like, what? This nigga's a thief. Like, uh, I won't steal from your house, but I steal from Target. Well, go ahead, uh, I'm okay. Like, uh, edit that out. Like, <laughs> edit all that out. <laughs> yeah. Don't mind. No Scratch mind. that. Scratch uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Discrepancy. <laughs> like, let me drink this water. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, but that's what I say. I don't mind. I, I kind of don't mind the idea of like haggling. But y'all did see the little thing that Killer Mike had on uh, Netflix, right? The Black Dawn. Uh, uh, I know exactly. I forgot what the hell it's called. You ain't uh, seen it? No, it was uh, not Trigger Warning. Uh, that's the other one. Um, I can't remember what it was. But that was that's how I kind of figured out like the dollar worth value in the black world. I can't think of the damn show. But uh, Keep going. But no, when he was talking about it, that's what made me feel like, you know, he was just saying himself. He was like, we keep making ourselves like where it's like, okay, if a black person say this and all that we got to figure out how we going to make a deal out of it. And then now you just stripping a dollar. Like he was just basically saying like, okay, he broke down how the dollar stays in the white community versus the black community. Mm-hmm. And when he said the white, it was like, it stays to six months in the dollar of a white with us. It stays for 30 minutes. That is scary. Like, you know, no matter what the business is at hand, it's scary. You remember when he had to buy nothing but black people products? Mm-hmm. And you seen how hard it was? Like he couldn't even get a bottle of water at home. It was trigger warning. That was yeah. Good. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, what, what, bro, it, it's and like he said, even also, he said if we don't develop our own and we don't, you know, give the same value to what these Europeans have, we'll never have shit. But then when you think about it, okay. So in the nine to five world and the outside world of the consumer, right? Mm-hmm. We're not making as much money as everybody else. So y'all, like, I think black businesses are trying to charge and get money in, mm-hmm. but then we're still making money at a lower rate than other people. And y'all want to charge way up here, and we're making down here. Mm-hmm. Like, how we can't even we afford didn't make our the own value. stuff. But we have to do something to, you know, like you have to increase certain values just to make it where it's, you know like available for our community like i'm sorry like you're going to pay two extra dollars for a black person than paying for a white person but and then the thing is the problem isn't paying two extra dollars it's paying 12 extra dollars that's the thing that we're talking well, about it's a, like it's like no i get what you're saying but our stance our point our previous point was people like black people i have all black customers they do not mind if the budget is a little or if my price is a little more than what they thought that then, is not an issue but what we're talking about is when it is way more or it is uncomfortably more and 
you going back to what April said about the black guilt, where it's put out there as if you have some, you somehow owe this to the black community that you spend in this way. Okay, because look at this. So Bird does woods work, woodwork, mm-hmm. right? So let's say you do woodwork too. Mm-hmm. Here's my thing, as a consumer, I go to Bird. I say, hey Bird, I need a table. Bird <laughs> quotes me up a price, two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. I go to you. Hey Jay, I need a table. You mm-hmm. say fifteen hundred. Yeah. I go. Buy the table from you. Now Bird is all on the internet. Dang, you show people their prices and they don't want to shop with you. Mm-hmm. Black people don't ever want to support us. And it's like, okay, the same way that if I go to Belk and they got a pair of Steve Maddens and I go to Dillard's and they on sale, I'm right. going to go to Dillard's and get them. That's the same thing. I Like, we're not allowed to shop around mm-hmm. in Black people. Like, as a consumer, it's hard. Like, you can't shop around. Y'all be dragging us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like... Cause they, you remember when um, those uh, beauticians? I'm not. I mean, I'm really being very like lean by calling them beauticians. But <laughs> when they, like them kitchen beauticians, let's put it like that. You know, they'll come out here with like all their. I mean, April, you can speak to like yeah. what the rules of like wash, blow, flat, mm-hmm. whatever, all that jazz will come. But the thing is, the viral videos were the ones where they'll be like on live doing hair, but talking shit to their client. Or, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you say, like, popping shit in the messages and people had to post it, like, look how unprofessional they are. And it's like, damn, like, you know that, like, this person is spending money with you. That's what I think people forget. It's like, yeah. I am trying to give you money. So, like, hey, if I reach out to you and ask a question, like, let's say I reach out to somebody and say, hey, how much is this service? How much does this service cost? Let's say I'm a beautician, right? Mm-hmm. There's two ways I can answer this. Hey, girl. Uh, cut and color is this price. And you can find out more information on my website at this. Then you'll have some people be like, did you not go to my website and check that or mm-hmm. leave you on red? Why are you being disrespectful to people that want to charge money? Like I can understand where it can get irritating sometimes, but mm-hmm. it's money. Like, do y'all not want to make money? Like does money upset you? Right. Mm-hmm. Like if you ha- like bird, if somebody calls you and says, Hey, I need a table. And you know you have a procedure of how you handle things. Are you going to ignore the call? Or are you going to direct them to how you want them to do, to contact you? I literally have a one team member. And her entire job is to Make manage sure. customers. Yeah. If you, you de- like, all right, like, calling me is not the proper procedure. It's not the proper <laughs> protocol right, at But you're going to point them in the right I'm direction. Gonna tell, like, I tell everybody, I said, hey, send an email to benchesandhoes at gmail.com. Hey, I learned personally. And she and there you will be contacted and you everything that needs to happen going for consultation, everything else happens that way. And that is what is going to be 100 percent of the time. And that's the thing. So you point people in the right direction. Right. These beauticians or other people like they'll be online and be like, you know, I get having a structure and having a certain way you do things. Mm. But if somebody comes at you, that could be the person that sets your business off. You right. know what I'm saying? All you have to do is like, hey, shoot me an email. Like, right. I got you. These people be going off on folks. They'll screenshot it and be like, yeah, I don't understand what the process is. They're like, stop well, see, dogging your customers. But going back to black customers, black customers do have a level of ownership or responsibility that they have to take. True. And this is one thing that I want to just kind of express to those listening. Because you know somebody that has a business, they're trying to operate their business at the best way they can. Absolutely. So more than likely, if you take a second to kind of look, you will learn that, 
oh, this is how things for their business are operating. Because you don't know why they may have things set up the way they do. So, for example, I have the email set up because if you text me, if you DM me or whatever, there's a s- solid chance that I'm going to like forget, look over or whatever. But that's to keep you in the hopper. Like mm-hmm. I, I have other customers, other clients. So that's me trying to operate my business the best way I can. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you can't call Target. You can't text finish line. <laughs> you you go in the <laughs> store, hope you you know hope they got what you have, or you check online, check on the email or whatever. And I yeah. mean on the website, and that's your due diligence as a customer. Yeah. That's true. And I yeah, I just went to to Bird's business page, and it literally says send all business inquiries to the email. Um, like, um, but that's that's the thing though. He directed his customers because sometimes people will have stuff out there. And you don't know how to get in contact with them. You don't know what the rules are. <laughs> like they got a website that don't work when you click it. It's just like yeah. okay, I get it. Like I said, uh, but then want to charge the utmost price. But you know, Excuse this me. is a conversation that needs to be had, though. Right. That's I mean, and that's why we're we're having it here. And uh, actually, I kind of hope we did ruffle a little feathers. I hope somebody does feel a little offended. I hope somebody's been on the giving end and the receiving end of some of the slander. Like, cause it, it got to be thought about. Yeah, you you have to look at yourself and be like, well, like I need somebody to be like, damn, well, maybe I shouldn't have got them called that man to do whatever, ex- to hang my TV for me when mm-hmm. he clearly has, you know, email on his, you know, man, you guys, it's time for your favorite section oh. <laughs> of the show. It's time for the letdown. We still have no music. Like, damn. That's, and that's why we got to get your boy here. Get DJ Don. Hey, yeah. Hey, tell, DJ. Tell, tell Don Jr. to cut us a letdown um, sample or I'll something. That'll be dope. See, y'all just, go, y'all just want me to call him. Y'all don't want to go through. I'm just playing. You literally, I mean, you literally <laughs> brought him up early. You brought him up early. Yeah, like, he ain't going to get mad at me. So. Hey, eat a plug, man. All right, all right, all right. So here's a letdown. I'm call this Navy Bay. Okay, okay. Navy like N-A-V-Y? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Y'all ready? Mm-hmm. All right. So I met a guy on Facebook. He sent me a message saying, I pray you're having a blessed holiday and you are very beautiful. So about the end of the month, December 31st, he FaceTimes me and he was fine in real life. Mm. He was in the Navy and he ended up getting deployed January 16th. While he's deployed, he's writing letters, buying gifts, sending me money, all of that. He was supposed to come back in March, but because of COVID, his return was delayed until August. He asked for my mom's email address so that he could surprise me when he came home. The day he got back to the States, he said he fell asleep and didn't drive to Alabama. It's a 12-hour drive, so I understood. He comes to Alabama at like 5 p.m. on a Tuesday. He met my parents and we hung out. On the next day, I was supposed to meet his baby's mom and his child that live in L.A., well, lower Alabama, where he's from. His baby mom ends up having COVID, so he went to go care for his child. And since he said he didn't trust anyone else, um, that's why he went to go care for him. And then he ended up having to go back to where he was stationed so that he could quarantine for 14 days to return to duty. When he gets back to Virginia, his whole tone changes. He only calls in the car. He hangs up when he gets to certain locations. It's just weird. So when he was traveling back to Virginia, he accidentally shared his location with me. He says he stays on base, but I know what a base looks like on a map. So I check his location. I see that he's at an apartment complex. I Googled the complex and some names pop up of who lived there. 
I Googled his name and a baby registry came up. Then I Googled the girl's name and find her Facebook. She added me within five minutes and baby shower pics come up with him from back in January. So I wrote the girl and I asked her if she knew about me and she said yes. I asked her if she knew I had that man's location and he's been sending me money. She said no. So I ended up playing cool with him for a while. Then I sent him a screenshot and asked him about his three-month-old baby. He acted kind of confused. So I blocked him. And then I unblocked him. Got some money for a tattoo. Then I blocked him again. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, that deserved that big. That that was the end? There was no, but I added that. I mean, no, but But that's that's, that's the end. end. Well, I got it. So how long were they talking? I guess the end of, like, right before Christmas. Uh Uh-huh. So and he like deployed in the middle year, of January. Yeah. Was gone, how long was he gone again? Until August. So he was gone January to August. Mm-hmm. He come back. Okay. Six months. Oh, yeah. Eight okay. Months, sorry. Eight months. But, the, but the baby shower was before he left. <laughs> oh, so yeah. he, he knew. Like, he knew. All right. What branch? He said Navy. Navy. Okay, yeah, that makes All sense. All right. So, <laughs> am I wild for... Like we've had this conversation before, she kind of fucked up for hitting up the baby mama or them because it sounded like they ain't even popping like that. Like he just he just sent you some bread, yeah. I'll be talking and shit. He gone from August. He come back, so he, she's talking about COVID. So that means he just got back this August. Mm-hmm. It's only he's only been around three months, and you know he kind of you know now he back in you know back to reality. He got to you know be a daddy of you know saying he back with his old lady. And he get ghost on her. Not even ghost, get to acting sideways. But he's still calling and stuff in the car. It's just like he got to switch I mean, yeah, up, you yeah, know. Yeah, but it's something foul about, like, a, okay, we had this conversation off the mic a while ago. The feeling of that is foul of her is because she wants, she reached out to the baby mama to hurt him via her. So, you didn't jump in this baby mama DMs or whatever, like, hey, your nigga ain't shit. For what reason? You you got money and whatever, like, okay, you done found out this man ain't got an old lady. And y'all ain't really that. It ain't like your feelings can't be that hard. That hurt. But you don't know. The conversation, like, here's my thing. It's the audacity. Number one, he reached out to her. Like, it wasn't like she saw him like, ooh, uh-huh. let me slide that man's DMs. Like, he reached out to her. Mm-hmm. He's been doing all this stuff. He comes and says, like, for you to want my to include my parents in some stuff, True. and then want me to meet the child, your other child's mother, and do all this stuff. Like you, the initiation of things, like literally, it could all be avoided. Hey, I have I have a child on the way. Me and her still talk, but I think you cool. I can send you some money. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. who gonna say no? But it's like you involuntarily subject someone to your situation. And I think that's what usually sets women off. It's like, give them a choice. I'm not going to say usually, but in this situation, okay. I'm, in I'm some agreeing. Cases, in some cases, it'll set a woman off when you put them in a situation where they have no control of being in that situation. If you're honest from up front, let them choose. Hey, I want to deal with you. Or no, I don't want to deal with that. But to be in that situation, and you didn't know, and you sitting here, imagine you talking to a guy, you're trying to figure out, like, you know, like, I feel like a lot of times we'll ask questions like, why are you acting like this? And all mm-hmm. of a sudden you find out that he got a baby and you know nothing about said child. Mm-hmm. That's weird. 
That it is a that's, wild. That's it's wild. wild. Like, that's a wild to, to, to Google a man's name and a baby register. No, wait, wait, okay, yeah, I meant to go that. Like that. She that. crazy. She huh? crazy for all that bullshit. I forgot all about crazy. about googling the apartment and finding all that shit. Yeah, she crazy for that shit. How? What you mean how? The location is on. You say you stay on a base, but you stay in like, but you don't. I ain't believing that shit about some accidentally sharing. Lo- like, how do you accidentally share a location? Nah, because once you Google a person's name and you get all that stuff, you're looking in detail. Like, nah, nah. She not even that. No, she Googled the apartment. Oh, wait, yeah, the, wait, hold on. So he shared his location. He said it. Okay, but she Googled that part. That's what I said. Yeah. She. What the fuck you mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Hear That's that. a lot of work, though. Right. Like I'm it's trying to understand. You don't have Google on your phone. I have kids, and I also had baby registries, and my name were connected to them. I'm telling you, it's a lot of work. But you don't just do that. No, she said. You don't just Google. No, she said that she Googled the apartment Mm -hmm. and said something about looked up people that live there or some shit like that. Those were her exact words, and I don't don't think it works like that. I don't know if y'all know how Google works. You can literally Google stuff. It doesn't take any time. Yeah, but the Google actual like baby uh, shower and shit. No, no, no. no like no. because listen, because let's say I let's say I have a baby shower coming or a baby registry. If you yeah, Google registry. my name, my name gonna come up. Like it don't it don't take much. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Y'all ain't never Google, no 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 like, no, y'all no, never no time out. Somebody you were Back me up, with. like okay, you walk me through this thought process. Why would why would you Google him? Because if like pull up the the story again if you need to. But from my understanding. He was in this apartment complex, not wherever she said she thought he stayed on the base. Yeah, because he told her he was staying on the base. And he was at this apartment complex. And And she said that I Googled the apartment complex and it pulls up people that stay there. That sounds like a a safety concern. Like if you Google, you'd be amazed at what comes up. Now, baby registries do pop up, but... I don't like. It's I, not like that. Like you gotta Google the city and the person's name. Do you know in details? Do you know that you can Google people and like Google a name and like they're like if they've been arrested will come up and then. But that's like, different. That's, pu- also, that's, that's public. Like, um, their record. addresses, like who they're related to. Do you know how much? Yeah. Like so, I've been like doing this thing where I've been trying to go and figure out like who like who I'm related to, my family and stuff like that. And I've went and found like names of my family just from like googling little things and going on Facebook and seeing this name and then clicking that picture like. It doesn't. It takes a little bit of work, but if you ain't doing, I mean, we're in quarantine. What you gonna do? Yeah, but like that's what I'm saying. Like so, crazy. Because I'm telling, I, I have googled myself before and have seen myself like a baby registry name. Mm-hmm. I've seen that with my second child's mom, mm-hmm. and I do know you had to type in address and what city we lived in. Like okay. that's how I found myself. So how that's hard what I said is that to, to put? That, but that is a lot of work to no, be. No, it put. ain't. Let me tell you. But how I'm saying, work. why would you? I'm saying, like, in, why in, would in, you? Yeah, because like, you want to know. Like, the thing is, we're we're not even looking at the fact that the man and played the girl and no, li- no, no, lied no. about the situation. We're talking about why would she Google him? I mean, Excuse we me? no, no. Okay, no. This is the point of this conversation is to have yeah. alternate perspectives. Like, fuck that shit because we all can agree. Like, whatever. He lied, cheated, whatever. Yeah. But, we give him. We give that. Yeah. Quote unquote, niggas ain't shit. Ah. What I what we're talking about is it's literally like this this Google thing and this this detective work, yeah. And this way of thinking is what's really like blowing me. The fact that y'all don't know that women and Google also, y'all that's like y'all don't think women Google y'all. But I was gonna also say just because your name is listed doesn't mean that's your actual address either. I'm trying to understand that like that that the one is really like no, no, and that's it's the, something not being told in this story because the story that doesn't make any no, sense. But yeah. you're saying like it's not his address. 
you can really find out a lot of stuff on Google. Yeah, but that's a lot of fucking no, work. No, it's not. You literally Google is simple. No, when you like, I mean, for star, a star, star, star. Like, I, I mean, like, I'm not going to look for your full address, but like, if you see his name, you Google his name. Yeah, but if you're looking at then, a, if you're looking at a, uh, like a thing for like a child's thing and all that, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it's actually your, ad- like your address. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay. I had, like my daughter's. It was listed under her mom's address she was living in currently. That doesn't mean I live there. But that's cool. Okay, so even though with that, your name wasn't the only one on the baby registry, right? Yeah, it was just me and her. Her and her. That's probably where she got the name of the other girl. But yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I get that. Like, that makes sense. Uh, but it's... <laughs> I just don't understand why y'all... Women, like... God, and I'm sorry, because... Like, if y'all think that we don't Google y'all. This is not 1975. They didn't have Google in 1975, so you're right. In 1975, your grandparents could get away from (laughs) you. They could get away with stuff now. Let me call you back, bitch. Barbara Shirley. (laughs) (laughs) It's so easy to Google stuff. Like, women. And then, like, everybody has that one friend in their their group that's, like, Inspector Gadget, knows everybody, everything, can find something out in a split second. I know if I need to know something, I know exactly who I need to call. Do you feel like these actions, this mode of behavior, do you think it's a problem? Do you think it's... To have the access to find all these things out? No, the will to do so. No. Like, I would love to, I would love to look up a man. Let's say I meet a man, right? And I go out and Google him and find out he's a, a registered sex offender. Ooh, not going on that's a date with him. I mean, I mean, that's different. That's, yeah. that's that's way different. But like, like we're you, not like we're not even going to talk about that far. Yeah, <laughs> I know that was. But, but, but I get what you're saying. But yeah. that's the type of stuff. Let's boil Which it down I, to more. Yeah. Let, 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 let's boil it down to more simple things. Like like we're not going to use like that's murder, not, sex, yeah, 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 of course yeah, that. Yeah. I'm right. But that's the types of things that you find out when you Google people. I'm not going to lie. Every time I've been on a date with somebody, except for the time I went on a date and I didn't know that man's name, like. <laughs> Every time I've been on a date with somebody or dated somebody seriously, yes, I Google them. Yeah. Like, I really oh, need wow. to, I need to know. Because I need to, like, well, they're, they're, you could ask. This situation aside, we're talking about the, what's your goal? Like, the goal is to find out more than this man was willing to tell you at that moment. Mm-hmm. That is your goal. It's like, he hasn't divulged enough to you. So you want to go and find out more, but you actually have access to the source. Call me Joe because I want to know. <laughs> but this is what I feel like. So maybe somebody listening, this might be a something for you to kind of think about. If you're in the single world and you out here dating, maybe it's not that this man has a secret. I mean, in this situation, he had a secret. Yeah. But it's some of these things that you may be going to do this investigative work to find out it may not be a secret it may not be it just may be something that he's not willing to tell you at the moment and that's and that's fine like i've dated a guy that when i went out and googled him because like i said need to know what you about he'd been arrested plenty of times i ain't bring it up and be like so like i waited (laughs) until he told me and i ain't tell him like oh i know but i waited until but there are people but there are people that will Mm-hmm. Look at him and be like, "Oh hell no, nah, this motherfucker been arrested. I don't want nothing to do with him." Blah blah. He may be a completely changed man, but you have and might be your Mister Right, but yeah. you have taken that away from him because you didn't even give him the opportunity. Yeah. To even actually, it may even be a non-factor. It him being arrested five years ago for robbery may not have shit to do with but shit I, going I, on today. It may not even be worth talking about yeah, at like be. any the first six seven months. I will say this though, bro. Like 
I guess in some senses, and I got to be the devil's advocate on this, women have been surprised with so many characteristics with them sometimes where you can't blame them for one to be overly careful. Niggas have been surprised with women. Yeah. What the fuck are you? You're not saying anything. It's fucking life. It's people. I, I'm not. I have almost issued a restraining order against a woman. I'm like, not disagreeing. Shit happens. I'm, I'm not disagreeing. I'm saying It's living like, life. Like, I'm sorry. It's just people. Like, you have to. It's your due diligence to get to know them before you get in these situations. So if we're going to be if we're going to be honest again, she out here kind of might be putting a little bit more sauce on it because what you said, she didn't even know this man for real. She didn't even see him for real. He was gone for six months. He come back acting funny. Maybe she should have found her another nigga in them six months. Started maybe she should have maybe not closed herself off to other people. Maybe she should have been out here being a little more loose with her attention. It's her fault for being a little more like I'm waiting on this man to come back that I barely know. She had to take some personal responsibility on that level. If we if we talking about this kind of relationship <laughs> advice. All right, guys, we can have nah, but look, I was gonna say this though, really. I'm just saying, like, we gotta we gotta quit like bailing not, out these women I, from accountability every time we turn around. I wasn't oh my god, I had shit, a bad bro. situation. I'm now, not bailing shit. Bro. You, are, you just did. Like, no, oh, but they I'm so still, surprised with shit all the time. I still Niggas have be surprised. To, nigga, I still have to play devil's advocate because like <laughs> You've never been surprised by a woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Please, well, man. what the fuck are we talking about then? Just cause y'all not smart enough to Google, that's not our problem. <laughs> Do your due diligence. We, we sorry. Just, no, we're just smart enough not to care. I don't know if that's smarter, bro. Like, sometimes we need to Google. We need to Google sometimes. Y'all wouldn't want to know that I've been to jail three times for domestic violence. Like, wouldn't okay. that set you off? Okay, like, no, no, like- no. You know why? You know why I wouldn't set me off? Because, one, our relationship isn't going to progress <laughs> you have yeah, aggressive yeah, tendencies. Yeah. I'm going to do my due I'm diligence on my quick, side so. to be like, that this motherfucker show get mad quick. Uh, like, why this motherfucker keep hitting me? Like, these, when red flags turn to six flags, then we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's the due diligence. That is that the you quote do. of the day. Red flags <laughs> turn to six flags. That yeah. is the due diligence that you do in the courtship process. That's the problem. People be trying to usurp courting. They don't get to know people anymore. They want to get flued out, go on vacations, be with people all, all upon them. No, you need to st- sit down and take some time to really get to know. When I say no, no is a place of comfortability. No is a place of when you do something or before you even do it, I know you're going to do it. Talk your shit. Hey, 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 waiter, don't bring no sour cream over here because April don't like sour cream. You ain't got to say it because I already know it because I know you. That JT talk. Happy birthday, girl. <laughs> was it 28? Yep, 28. Yeah. Boy, I'm telling you. And you know folks try to call her ugly? They did. How? Where? where? Like, really, where? <laughs> bitch, bitch, where? For real, though. <laughs> well, to Navy Bay. Yeah. I ain't mad at you, girl. No, I mean, I ain't, I ain't mad at all. But anyway, to, uh, to our listeners, um, if you want to send in a story to the letdown, you can send it in to the Instagram at T-H-E-B-L-X-C-K-C-A-R-D on Instagram and Twitter. And send it in the email at T-H-E-B-L-X-C-K-C-A-R-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Got any fuck yous? Hey, I have an F U to um <laughs> that owner at that that true kitchen. I told y'all that that like don't come out there cussing at mm-hmm. folks and and expect to have their money. Mm-mm. I don't care. I gotta fuck you for my dog because his wife is dealing with these folks with this green card shit. 
And y'all giving them a hard time for no reason. Them niggas been married over a year. So fuck you to, to so fuck you to the green card, folks. Because <laughs> like, I was like, wait, like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm thinking this nigga got a green card situation, and he got to fuck you. Like God, that nigga have a rough week. <laughs> nah, fuck this shit. Like my dog's wife should be legal by now, and they're still giving them a hard time. Mm. And I really love the hell out of her. She's a good person. She deserves to be here. But anyway, I'm your boy Bird. I'm April D. Jay West as always. And this has been another episode of the Black Card Podcast, where it's always us versus them. Thank you for listening. Dang.